You're listening to the Skylight Books Podcast. We're an independent, general interest bookstore putting great reads in the hands of people in the Los Feliz neighborhood of Los Angeles. Hosted by resident Skylighters, we're here to bring you new and exciting author conversations, group reads, and bookseller chats. Happy listening. Hello, my beautiful listeners. Welcome to Skylight. This is the Skylight Books Podcast, and I'm your host, Lance Morgan. Today, I'm so excited to have Cena Grace to talk about his, gra- his new graphic novel, Rockstar and Softboy. Cena Grace is a writer and artist living in Los Angeles, best known for a prolific library of work that balances slice of life, blockbuster action, and everything in between. His groundbreaking Iceman series at Marvel Comics paved the way for Grace to work on all of his favorites, Jughead's Time Police for Archie, Wonder Woman for DC, Go-Go Power Rangers for Boom Studios, and The Haunted Mansion for Disney IDW. He is currently getting, uh, he's per- currently promoting get, Getting It Together in Rockstar and Softboy at Image Comics and a Gotham Girl series of backups in Detective Comics at DC. So, you know, what's up? Hi, oh my God, so glad to be here. Oh this is God. actually, this is actually a big deal. Um, really? I ah. am, well, I'm a, like, I'm a long time Skylight customer and, and, it, and it's, it's very recent that, uh, you know, it, it's become known that I like do books and then Skylight <laughs> can carry the books. And, and then the other day, like when I went over, uh, I think it was Holly was like, do you want to like sign your books? I was like, ah. so all like, I just feel like I'm in this like prestigious inner circle now. And so uh, I'm really happy. <laughs> no, that's, that's, it's so funny. Cause I'm like, oh my God, why do you want to do this? You want to hang out with us trash people? I'm joking. We're not trash people. We are a step above that booksellers. <laughs> um <laughs> No, um, that's no, we were, it's so funny. Cause we we're like, oh my God, Cena's so cool. Let's, why does he, why, like what he likes us weird. Um, oh my God. Yeah. No, you guys are the cool kids to me. Honestly. I'm like, oh, oh I hope they spent months like trying to get everyone to be nice to me. Okay. We are, it's the complete opposite where we're like, why, why is he talking to us? He's so cool. Like <laughs> we're <laughs> losers. Um, no, that's listeners. If you ever come to a bookstore and you think that, oh, they think they're cooler than us. We're not. We're just like you, except worse and, you know, tired. Um, <laughs> well, also, yeah, we should let everyone know that like we, we did our, we did a pre-recording session at oh, the yeah. clubs last night. <laughs> Rehearsal, some may say. Uh, <laughs> a, what is the in the musical theater world? What is we did a like a pre a table no, read. We I, did like a table read yesterday. Um, no, Akbar El Cid. Akbar El Cid. You know the podcast, the the queer podcast hubs of Los Angeles. <laughs> um, no listeners, we we went out last night. We served pride. We and that's that, yeah. and that's that. It was fun. We had a great. I had a great time last night. Um, Me too. I. I mean, we got we we like. I feel like we definitely were maybe like both one drink away from like today being bad, but oh yeah, we didn't get there. We didn't get there. We're here. I, I remember at one point, either you or my friend Nick. Shout out Nick. Uh, we're like, oh do you want one more drink? And I was like, no, cause I know where I'm at. <laughs> if I have one more, it's over for me. And I think that's, and I think that was a self, that was an adult moment for me of being self-aware of where I was at that moment. And thank God for it. Um, no. Proud, proud to know you. <laughs> proud. And that's the, that's the meaning of pride guys. Happy pride. Also, Sina, you're, you're our last pride uh, podcast guest for the month of pride what month is it june sure um it's we should change it to pride in the calendars guys everyone at home get your calendars open scratch out june and write pride um Done. exactly um no you're our last pride pride um your last guest for pride month so you know it's just congratulations you win the prize um and you will be getting so it You'll be getting a book, a book at Skylight Books for full price. And that's your prize. Ah. 
dream um, i'm living the dream whatever book you want um that we <laughs> that we have there on at, on stock <laughs> just your choice uh, <laughs> wait you're a member you're a friends with benefits member so you get the friends with benefit discount too Can, like oh my god yeah oh my god sorry just to tell just how can it get better how can it get any better than this listen it's the you win the prize listeners you can win that prize too if you come to skylight books and shop for a book <laughs> <laughs> i promise i will not be telling bad jokes the entire time um probably uh so cena you have a reading for us from your graphic novel it's like and guys this is such a treat because he's reading from a graphic novel on a podcast it's a there's a visual component there's a literature component there's a audio component all oh, three senses and you don't, yeah, and you do not get the visual component. So <laughs> um, I'm reading from my book, Rockstar and Softboy. And this is kind of like a text heavy portion. At the beginning of the book, there's a little two page spread that explains how these two characters met their BFFs. And they live in sort of like a um, kind of like high energy, not quite our world world like there's like witches and zombies and yada yada but then they're also you know going to like akbar and having a drink so it, it, it's it you know it, it's just kind of like i threw everything in the pot and had blast with it but <clears throat> um yeah i'll read i'll read this to you because luckily the pictures uh don't don't add much beyond the vibes anyway here we go uh how rockstar and softboy met Many moons ago, Rockstar ended up at a lackluster ABBA tribute show because he thought the Benny was hot. To the corner of his eye, he saw Softboy at the bar alone wearing a handmade Voyage shirt. Voyage is the kind of meh, but very glad it exists ABBA reunion album. Rockstar loved that someone else appreciated the custody battle disco banger, keep an eye on Dan as much as him. And so this is where the visual comes in. Uh, Softboy has a, his, on his shirt, it's just very clearly handwritten kept an eye on Dan anyway so for ABBA fans that's for you no I saw it and I was like this is this is for me <laughs> this is where I find my people in real life so anyway <laughs> Rockstar loved that someone else appreciated the custody battle disco banger keep an eye on Dan as much as him so much so that he decided to take a chance on a stranger at a gig and strike up a conversation the pair became inseparable ever since they did everything together even volunteering to rid the city of its pesky Tibetan Torgal demon infestation. Rockstar and Softboy weren't just supportive, they made each other better. So here we are today with two best friends living together in Hollyweird, making dreams come true on Feverish Boulevard. They spend their days nourishing one another's creativity, Softboy helping Rockstar come up with witty lyrics to songs and Rockstar being a sounding board for various games Softboy is working on. While they don't necessarily agree on everything, Rockstar will never watch an anime, but takes up too much shelf space with his manga collection. Their situation as roommates and best friends is as perfect as anyone could ever hope for, ever. Um, and then and then, what's really cute is you turn the page and the origin story is actually framed on their walls. And then a one night stand is looking at it. He says, huh, informative. So that's how I, that's how I got away with like an exposition dump <laughs> as a storyteller. I mean, it was, I mean, a great, uh, ugh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was a great intro to the characters. I mean, any ABBA reference is perfect. Uh, how do I, what, what else do I need to say other than perfect there? And also there's, I love the Romy Michelle picture that's there too. <laughs> Cause I'm just like, is that them? Is it Romy Michelle or is it them? Who can say? That's up for interpretation. And that's the um, and that's sort of the whole like the genesis of the book. I might even be that might even be a question you're going to ask, but like this book is very much um, inspired by uh, my my friendship with comic book writer Josh Trujillo, mm -hmm. and uh, there's a whole like and I, if you want me to talk about it, like there's a, this whole this whole book is created because of spite. We were in a competition together, and some stuff went down, and this book came out of it, but um. I also got kind of sick of projecting my queer male friendships onto like cis 
girl buddy movies, you know, mm-hmm. or like, you know, like Abby and Alana, Romy and Michelle. And it just sort of was like, I don't really, there aren't, there aren't quite that many like iconic best gay friend duos out there. Like even, even if you think of like Will and Jack and Will and Grace, like they're not like friendly, they're catty. Like they show like, you know, there's always like, you know, one episode a season where, you know, Jack does something like kind of selfless, but it's not the same. And it's also 20 years old. Like, I think, you know, we need a little, we need a little update. And I also just sort of wanted to create that space and, you know, take whatever little power I have and like use it to make something I want to read. And I mean, this is um, something that I feel like there's just, there was that level of authenticity. I hate using that word sometimes. There was a level, there was uh, affection in it that I felt very, um, str- it came out of the page very strongly in a way that I was just like, oh yeah, they they are an odd couple. It reminded me of uh, uh, the friendship in like Grace and Frankie where I'm just like, oh, they are a show I love please bring it back hashtag bring back race and frankie um (laughs) start it guys no it in a way that i'm just like they are kind of an odd couple pair who like like you know they know each other better than anyone else knows them and it felt very beautiful there was that part where um rock star rock where the the idea of a party goes out and uh, soft boy's like i don't know let me think about it and rockstar's like let me tell you what's gonna happen in 24 hours in 12 hours he's gonna say yes and he's gonna think it's his idea and i'm just like wow that's a person who knows his friend just like so (laughs) well and it just it just it that kind of love and friendship and between like two two like queer characters I yeah I I loved it I I was ready for like the next volume to pick up and just keep reading their adventures together um, oh there's well there's gonna be more yeah uh, <laughs> next uh, one well, and and the the gay male friendship thing too is like a big thing not that I ever I think I just like had blinders this or like it didn't affect me but I know a lot of people do feel some kind of way when like if there's two queer characters in a story together like chances are they're gonna end up together by the end and for me it was just like that's so there's so many factors to like two people in any situation but like specifically queer people queer men like like actually being a fit for each other like oh you know like that thing in the sex in the city movie where the gay guys got married and it was like, what was it? It was like these musical chairs and like, we were the last ones left. And I'm just like, I'm like yeah. they, there's, so, there's probably so many incompatibilities. And anyway, the next Rockstar and Soft Boy story I'm doing is a short story where they go to a wedding and the wedding they keep Sex getting, City? they go to the Sex and City. No, they go to, um they go to the wedding of um, Bridezilla and Bridezuki. Um, and I know hilarious. <laughs> and uh, they, they keep getting mistaken for a couple. Mm-hmm. And so there's, um there's a, there's a sorcerer character in the book named Sorcerer Stew. And, you know, Rockstar's like griping about it because he's just like, we're not each other's type. And Sorcerer Stew is like, I can make you each other's type. And so they do a spell and, and, uh, and the lesson there is like, it's even more than skin deep or surface level. Why these two, their love for each other does not transcend platonic love. Um, I just wanted to like, and so that's become a thing of it is like really just like challenging and reiterating that like two queer people can like super duper love each other and never ever have to like, bump uglies or whatever spike yeah. says um but and, anyway yeah so that's yeah i mean that's like something even you were saying will and grace they like i feel like there's always that like um underlying thing in it where like jack really wants to be with will or something like that there was always that in the show we're like and i mean it's always the um there was i feel like i've never truly seen a platonic gay friendship which is something that i feel like is is misrepresentative of the like 
of gay male friendships and also like kind of harmful because I feel like a lot of gay men internalize that and say hey if I'm friends with another gay man there has to be some sort of like like the only way I've seen it in media is there has to be some sort of like underlying like romantic or sexual feelings where I'm like it doesn't have to have that it doesn't like we could be friends and have nothing more right and that's 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 just as beautiful and I I mean it's friendship is good let's be friends guys (laughs) let's be friends no more all right I'm doing I'm outlawing sex I'm outlawing romance only friendship until I get both things and then we can bring it back I'm joking I'm joking I'm joking guys do not come at me with any romance or sexual propositions I beg you um this is to my listeners um i just love letting you talk through that that was like uh (laughs) uh-huh please stop me at any time um mick my uh this is for my editor mick you can cut that out if you want to uh please do or don't keep it a surprise um Back to rock, rock star and soft boy. I was about to say rock boy and soft star, which <laughs> multiverse saying, of madness. The multiverse of madness. You could do a Freaky Friday situation with them. I would love to see a Freaky Friday situation with them. Um, but their characters are so. I love their characters. I love both of their characters. And I told you before we started this. I see myself as a soft boy for sure, even though my. I am a Leo, like Rockstar is. Um, like, what, how was it writing these two opposites in a lot of ways? Like, putting yourself in both perspectives. And like, you know, I'm guessing you see yourself as one more than the other. Yeah, well, it, I just, you know, it was really, it was really fun. And I know a lot of um creative individuals do this where they don't necessarily like not everyone can do this and it's not always the right thing to do when you're when you're making books or art of any kind but certain projects um it's really beneficial to to sort of set a release date without a finished product in hand um and and i and i was really rushing this one down to the wire um and ended up kind of like it it was like a fevered like three-week hustle to like write and draw this book because I was drawing it and I was writing it and but I and I thought I wanted to hand draw it and it's in the back of the book you you see a bunch I show a bunch of pages I'd drawn and then I scrapped it because I was they were overworked and they there was something wrong about them and and it it needed a a more um simple style it needed to be a little more animated and at the time I was trying to draw it like um like gorillas like Jane Hewlett and I was trying to be like um I was just trying to capture something that is like a like pie in the sky like that's my dream drawing style and and then yeah I just I had to redraw all of the pages and and then cut some characters out and you know, there was a dog originally in the book. My dog Henry was going to be in the book. And I was like, but there's a cat that morphs into a woman. So there's just a regular dog like that. It, it's just going to be confusing. And um, so, it, you know, it was fun and it was frantic. And what was great about it was because I would just be, I would stay up for days on end, you know, with these like manic drawing nights. I, I had a lot of time to think about sort of, these friendships I've been in, you know, where like I'm the rock star and my friend's the soft boy and, you know, thinking about shit I've been at for in those friendships. And then also too, thinking of, you know, moments where they're not perfect either, because I think it is easy to like, look at the bull in the China shop and be like, you're wrong. But I think also, you know, soft boys can be passive aggressive and a little manipulative you know and so it was just this and I wanted to kind of I wanted to look at both of them and I also I think the main thing was I I wanted to make sure that soft boy was as much of a character and was as fleshed out as rockstar was because like 
the book for people who, when they get to reading it, the plot is uh, soft boys in a rut in a lot of ways. So rock stars, like, oh my God, like, let's throw you a party. Let's get you laid. Like, once you get dicked down, like, then, you know, all these other problems will go away and, and you'll, you know, have the answers you need. And the party, even though it's kind of like, there is a little blatant selfishness in Rockstar's POV. Like he just kind of goes one selfish decision too far and unleashes this mythical creature called the party animal and the party animal really, really messes things up. And so then, you know, they have a huge friend fight and some old shit comes out and, you know, that's all I'll say for now. But um, yeah, I was just, you know, like I wanted to make sure that in that there was also an arc for soft boy and like there was stuff for him to bring to the table and then also that the solution came from both of them and and that the whole thing i love that you said the word affection because i do think like that was always my my anchor or mm-hmm. like my, com- my compass when i was doing this is just like like f- like making sure that queer friend love was the solution to every problem in the book so you know it was like making sure that that sort of was like, you know, like I, I was like, oh, wait, but how do they do this or where do they go with that? And, and it was just like, okay, think of it always under the, under the compass of, or, you know, looking at the compass and, and being guided by that. It also reminds me, I mean, <laughs> it reminds me of something you said last night that you told me to record because you didn't want to forget it. And I have it. Do, do you mind if I play it? Oh my god, I kind of don't remember, so yeah, please. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm going to play it, and I'm going to put it in the mic so listeners, you can hear it. Um, and I hope it comes through clearly. Ready. If there are fewer suggestions and more statements, there will be less queer, like, quandaries. Oh, that's some drunk talk. That I don't even know what that means, but I was so proud of myself. I can hear it. Fewer suggestions and why did I? I don't Fewer know. Fewer suggestions what? and more statements in the sense, like I listened to it earlier too. I was um, showing my, uh, I was, I saw my one of my other books seller friends Emily, shout out Emily, and I showed her the video. I was like, we took this video. Let me see what it says. <laughs> I forgot, but we were talking in the concept uh, in the in the context of. Um, the, your X-Men stories that you've written and how like the allegory of X-Men is just the X-Men's the metaphor on like uh other people and uh how like your how I felt like um the Marauders in your Iceman uh one of your Iceman runs I can't speak to that I can do this um <laughs> what a, it's just like it's a metaphor for like the trans non-binary um community being ousted by the a lot of the more uh cis gay men community or just cis uh queer community and like you were saying how like and i was like talking about how like the x-men throughout the years yada 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 and you were saying that like we need to stop suggesting things more and like coming up with vague ideas of stuff and really just say it and like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. be very like real about it and i think that's i don't know if that again i was also you know a little drunk so i'm pretty sure that's what we were in talking about when you brought that up and another shout out to emily she was like oh yeah that's the same thing they were doing with like the new season of stranger things with the character of will being like is he gay who knows we never know and it's like no stop make statements and i feel like with rockstar and softboy they're the solutions being queer friendship for like their problems you know that's a statement that's not like suggestion Ooh, you know it could be their queer relationship but it could also be this or this no it's their friendship their queer friendship um and that's a statement i feel like yeah Yes, I wouldn't have bridged that to this book, but yes, I agree. And now I totally understand what I said last night. Absolutely, yeah. I'm done living in the metaphor. I think metaphors are cool for a lot of things, but I also um, love statements. <laughs> statements are great. 
And, you know, really the person who we need to thank is you from last night. That's your, that's, that was all you. Um, that's something I say just, a lot. Thanks, past me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Pasina. Um, uh, <laughs> shout out. Um, kind of, you know, not to veer off fully from Rockstar and Softboy, um, but we could, I, I want to bring up the X-Men of it all, too. Because yeah. Because your X-Men um, Iceman run, and I also do want to bring up Spider-Bitch because... Yes. Um, yes, I know about that. And yes, I want to bring it up. Um, it's on my Wikipedia page now. It's so weird. Like, also, yeah, I have shout shout out my Wikipedia page. <laughs> what a shout out Wikipedia! Woo! Um, being, you know what? This pride. Whenever I, this is my uh, pride campaign speech. Whenever I don't know things and I am need to really figure it out quick i go to wikipedia that's why this pride um, i'm shouting out wikipedia for oh my god what if wikipedia was my pride sponsor how would what would that be um there's like there's a good there's there's a good joke there but you're gonna have to you're on you walk that path yourself because i I'm I'm out. I got nothing. I'm out, I'm out of I'm out of witty ideas. I mean, I I can't do another one. I'm tired, guys. I I can't be on all the time. I uh, this is gonna turn to therapy for me. So when I was five, um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, but your Iceman run, I love the stuff you've done with Iceman, especially since uh, for the non um, Marvel readers. Um, I don't understand you or get you and run if you're not run to your local um, comic book store there's they're everywhere um but the there was a run in the x-men series where the young x-men and the new x-men came together and had like a fun zany time together it also birthed one of my favorite uh groups which is the champions um or helped birth it but um, it throughout that series, uh, Young Iceman came out. Um, mm-hmm. tell, stop me if I'm wrong with any of this because I, or I forget any important details, but like, because Young Iceman comes out, older Iceman's like, wait, I was gay this entire time. Cool. Um, I mean, I, well, I think so. As I remember it going down, basically, yeah, there are time displaced, uh, young X-Men mm-hmm. in the present day of our like current X-Men and so the current X-Men are all in their late 20s early 30s and um, Jean Grey like reads Bobby Drake's mind and she's like you're gay and he's like no maybe I'm bi and she's like no you're gay and then they kind of go to the older Iceman and they're like well, if I'm gay, you're gay. And then he's like, oh my God, I, I have to just be honest. Yes, I am. I've been like, I've been trying to deny it or like, you know, keep it to myself all these years, but yeah, I am. And so Marvel at that point, they were like, yeah, we like brought, we like, Bobby came out of the closet and we didn't do anything with it. Like, what would you do with an Iceman series? And I didn't really realize I was like properly pitching. And so I just like kind of thought about you know, dudes I dated who came out like in their late twenties, early thirties. And I also thought a lot about like, like comedians, like stand-up comics and just sort of like, you know, people who make funny for a living. They're usually the most anguished people inside. They usually have the most pain um, and they just hide in plain sight, you know, and they hide in pain sight. Sorry, I had to do that. I hate me too. Don't worry. But at, at any rate, I, I listen, wouldn't stop. We're moving. You. No, I thank you. But um, and so I just kind of said that. I was like, yeah, he's just sort of, you know, like the the guy who's in the most pain, like, is the one doing the most dancing, and he's been this funny guy for years, and yeah, he now has to deal with it and confront it and take it on. And they were like, cool, you got the series, and I was like, wait, what? So, um, so I did that and, and the book was, it was a weird, it was a weird time at Marvel and a weird um, sort of just process because they didn't quite, they didn't quite know what they wanted, but they knew what they didn't want. And I knew what I wanted and it didn't always align. And 
So the book got canceled and, and then it did really well in the book market. Thank you, bookstores. Um, and I even said that to them. I was like, I was like, cause I, I studied creative writing in school. So as a comic book writer, I do myself a disservice because I typically structure things like a novel where I assume the reader is going to give me, you know, the first few chapters to like lay down some groundwork or whatever and, and really let you uh, get to know the characters before I start, you know, moving things around the chessboard. And you can't really do that in comics. You kind of have to like, you kind of have to like blow something up in the first 20 pages or the, or the readers like skipping the book. Um, so again, yeah, once it was, it, once it went to an audience that was willing to give it the whole book, um, the whole first volume, then it, 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 it did well. And um, it got written up by the New York times twice in print. Um, and so anyway, yeah, we got a third volume, which is the one I gave you. It, it got yeah. brought back. Um and at that point, I had a little more confidence in myself. And I, I kind of advocated for stories that I wanted to tell. And I think what was important to me at that time, um, because one of the best bits of advice I did get from an editor was like, I, I, had my, I had my heart set on sort of, you know, trying to find a love story for, for Bobby Drake. And the editor was like, everyone wants to do that. And everyone can do that. Like, you should be thinking about like, a bigger story that speaks to like what you know like we're in our community like what we're actually going through and what we're actually thinking about like that's going to be more impactful than like you shipping bobby with somebody and so from there i really thought about that and thought and sat with that and and once i got through the assignment of like he's got to come out to his parents he's got to learn to accept himself like it then became about like him being able to look outside of himself and see, you know, what the fuck is going, like, what else is like, what else is going on? And, you know, he, it's about him just like not being so self-centered. And, and I think that that's a thing for all of us is like, you know, it's really easy to, to like rive in your main character energy and to like, you know, definitely think about your own woes and, but I don't know. Anyway, yeah. So it became about that. And, and I really wanted to expand sort of like the queer cast, the overt out, you know, statement queer cast mm -hmm. in the books. And I wanted to repair some relationships, you know, because again, like Jean Grey had outed him. And then for any X-Men fans too, there was this really, really rich um thing that happened between the white queen emma frost and bobby drake like 20 years ago where you know she like lived in his head and you know she just kept like being like you know the reason you're not a great mutant is because you're a fucking pussy and he's like what and she's like yeah you're fucking like hiding you like little sissy and and uh and i and i got to come back to that because her brother um what's i oh god i always forget this what, what's it called when you go to like camp to like pray the gay away conditioning conversion. or conversion conversion therapy? yeah conversion yeah. Her, yeah her brother christian frost uh was one of the first out gay characters in the x-men universe and um he has so much trauma from you know conversion therapy and an abusive dad and so i got to like bring him in and, and have this moment between bobby and, and this like stone cold asshole you know emma frost and you know, he was just like, you're in my head. How come you didn't out me? And she was like, just like, I'm evil. Like, like, I want to like take over the world, not like air your dirty laundry. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, you know, and that's like, her, but it's also her thing of compassion of just like, because I understand what this is for you. Like, mm -hmm. I'd rather like, you know, I'd rather like kill you in a fight than like out you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it was just, a, it was just a really cool moment. And I was really glad to be the one to do that you know what i mean and, and yeah. to like be the one to have them have that conversation um so yeah that came out and, and i was really happy with it and and now i'm just talking but like yeah then then marvel and i had some like beef about um uh the drag queen character i created and then also this character madden in the book is like and i hate this like madden is so clearly non-binary 
and Marvel would not let me use a they them sent like would not let me throw just a single them at one point or a single they like just one just to get that one you know like just to have it in the gosh darn book and um and so after those two experiences I was like I don't know I don't I don't like this I don't like working for you people like I just you know it's that thing yeah. of you like I tried so hard to have these people like me and they never did and you know it just was like i don't i don't want to keep doing this i don't want to keep like i don't know so I, I just i i i sort of like you know said some stuff on the internet about them to to make absolutely sure i would never work for them again but um but <laughs> yeah. I, you know accountability is is huge you know right. accountability over entertainment <laughs> and that's like i mean that's admirable and because I feel like a lot, not a lot of creators would walk away from Marvel in that public away too. And I mean, they are, they are powerful to say the least. And also to like, I mean, your last, to get that last word in, uh, to be like, oh, I am making like, I am going to go back into Bobby's past and like, because I feel like those things that you revisited were like, mis not mistakes, what's the word I'm looking for? Were like ways that they let the character down that you were mm -hmm. also trying to like, you know, have him come to terms with or have the characters come to terms with. I mean, Dean Gray really girl bossed him. She really said, hey, hey, F word, F slur. Um, <laughs> And I'm just like, Jean, oh, she's so annoying. Um, but also- yeah, she's, a she's a little Meg Stalter. She's a little like, hi, gay. Hi, gay. Um, she really is, isn't she? That is Jean. Where Emma Frost is like, this bitch again. Like, I mean, Emma Frost time and time again has proven to me that she is a superior character than Jean Grey. But like, who, who said that? It wasn't me. Um, no, I I'm just. All, I'm also. I'm. That is a tweet, though. Jean Grey is Meg Stalter. So hold on. I'm. I had to. <laughs> I. There we go. I just. Uh. I just had to like text that to myself. No. No. Um, that's, okay. Yeah. I'm, I. That. That is true. That is true. And Marvel cast Meg Stalter as your next Jean Grey. I want to see it. This the audience wants to see it. She would be a great Jean Grey. She would bring something. I feel like Jean Grey is within lacking and like yeah Jean Grey Jean Grey is real fucking like Blake Lively like just like oh, sort man. of so vanilla bland my favorite thing that the fans the the I, I think the fans and the X-Men fans are just they're all queer oh we're all queer like even the even the fanboys who are like no I want my ex my Wolverine I want to see this way I'm like yeah because you're because that's queer like you just want to you it, uh, i can go into it all day but like even the <laughs> the 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 thruple between uh wolverine gene gray and scott is really the fans are like we really want wolverine and scott we in gene gray's i guess there but like it's really about it's really about logan and scott you know finally burying the hatchet because they've been they've had so much sexual chemistry with each other throughout the years and i mean Let's do it, guys. And I think Meg Stalter, <laughs> Meg Stalter will be great in that role to bring them together. Um, but also, I feel like, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meg Stalter would be like, thank you. Yeah, be like, yes, let's go. Let's do this. Uh, Logan's kiss Scott. Scott, get into it. She would just like orchestrate the entire thing. Um, Marvel, like, I know you and Cena have a lot of history, but I am willing to come in and, you know, really chaotically, you know, introduce some ideas. So hit me up. Um, I, they wouldn't do that. I would, I wouldn't, I would be fired within a day. Um, 
No, um, no, I mean, your Iceman stuff, one, thank you for also bringing back Spider-Man and his amazing friends, kind of, that um, trio, because that was a very important part of my childhood, and it was also devastating to watch them die in the Spider-Verse series. <laughs> it was like a thing where I was like, oh my god, <laughs> did they die? Did they kill Spider-Man's amazing friends? What? And then I saw this, I was like, thank god, there's still hope. Um, <laughs> no, thank you for that. But like, I just to you know see Bobby be like a a young queer mutant just like to like and also being held being accountable for like how the X-Men treat other mutants too it was felt refreshing because the X-Men kind of are I mean recently they've done kind of a better job with it but like yeah they are very exclusionary they are very we are the gold standard of mutants and yeah it's it's a very yeah like i did when i like when i did a little digging and talking about sort of like the level like the just not even like subtle like statistics of like how many like unhoused queer kids are trans and non-binary and like you know and then just thinking about our you know like our relationships with like you know I don't know like it just was never in my orbit this sort of because I'm very you know like like punk music mm-hmm. and I like I'm drawn to thicker men so therefore I'm like usually at alternative bars mm-hmm. I also don't live in West Hollywood so like I didn't really like realize just like how intensely clicky and white or you know, like only these acceptable minorities can the gay scene be until actually like this last Pride, especially because I've been in a bubble for two and a half years. And then I went to West Hollywood Pride and suddenly like, like and a friend was like, sort of like we were dancing to Muna and then he like, you know, like put an arm around me or like, you know, had his hand on my back just because we were like, you know, feeling the music. And like, he's like a gym gay. And like, it was like the first time I had like body dysmorphia was when his hands were like, you know, touching like somewhere soft on me. And I was like, oh my God, I need to like, I need to go cut. I need to go like get some protein shakes. Um, Yes. Yeah. I mean, well, you were even saying that at hot dog last night and I was like, no, what are you talking about? And then I like looked around and was like, oh yeah, huh. Um, Cause I just have, I just, you know, like that's, I'm just not, yeah, I just, yeah. It's the same thing as the sort of like gay shipping of pop culture. I guess I just like, my eyes like glaze over what it doesn't care about mm-hmm. um but uh at any rate yeah so um yeah just talking about that was important to me and 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 letting that be a metaphor was fine you know what i mean like mm-hmm. as if if everything else is is a statement then then you can kind of really have fun with the metaphor and make it so people who aren't in our scenes or having our dialogues can also project their issues or their versions of that stuff onto it so um yeah it, i you know it's it's my favorite volume and i am a little i'm a little angry now with myself that i campaigned so hard to have it be a number three they were going to have it just be a new volume one for the bookshelves mm-hmm. and at the time i was fighting because i was like this is a book market book like you don't you don't see harry potter going like one two three one two three four you know like i was like it had it you know people are gonna have this on a shelf and i'm yes like i was right but there is a part of me that's like it is really hard for me to then just tell someone like oh you don't even need the first two volumes just go buy volume three like people get uncomfortable doing that because they think they're missing some story and like listeners as a person who read three it is really like there's so much great in it. I was going to say good, but like it's past. It's great. There's so much greatness in it that like, yeah, go pick it up. Go pick it up right now. Go click, click, clicking in your heels. I'm assuming all these, all of the listeners in my, that listen to this podcast and love X-Men have heels, the intersectionality there. Um, <laughs> go put on your stilettos. And I want to hear clicking to the local comic book store um and to buy Iceman, Ice the 2019 right or 17 yeah 
Yeah, uh, and it's it's I don't yeah it's nineteen I don't know time is a flat circle. Um, yeah, it really it's is. volume three, Amazing Friends. Amazing Friends, and the cover for all you oldies like me, for all you like lovers of old Spider-Man uh, Spider-Man cartoons, you will love the cover because it is, it is. Ugh, it just is Scott Forbes did such a good job on that cover. Oh my god! And it's even in cover. even the art in that book, we had Nate Stockman drawing it, and yeah. he and I were really aligned. Like he was like, you know, that book had like I think four or five artists at the end of the day, and mm. Nate was the only one that really understood that. Like for as many emotional beats as there were, like drama beats, there had to be humor, and yeah. he he was probably the best at capturing the humorous moments um in the series that i mean and i bobby i mean one thing about bobby for me he's always been the spider-man of the x-men does that make sense yeah yeah he kind of is he's He's very yeah he's very quippy yeah yeah i love a quippy superhero um so yeah go go check it out it's great but i wanted the last thing i wanted to talk about with you is like you're I feel like in your stories you're attracted to like the idea of friendship and like relationships that are not I mean there are like romantic and sexual relationships in there but like the heart of it is just like intimacy in all types of way and I I mean I'm the two I'm really like I mean, Rockstar and Softboy, as we said, has that so much. And even getting it together, which you worked on, I feel like I sent, there's just a lot of family in it. There's like a lot of ideas of like what a family can look like past. And Rockstar and Softboy, I love the larger cast of it too. Like Meow Meow was great. The, the, I pronounced that right, right? Meow, I. Yeah, yeah, you did great. You did great. That's how my, that's how my French brother-in-law uh referred to um our family cat amelia because we'd call her meow meow and then that's how he would spell it yeah um no she was she i was just like who is she i want her story so if you ever want to spin oh story, yeah then... no i i'll send you the legend of meow meow it's uh, i made a little zine um yes, that says her story i'm sending it to you oh my god yes, please, yes, i cannot please, wait yes, please. it's of... so weird I... she is <laughs> she's just i love her or she's just like Oh, I'm a cat now. I have cat things to do. Bye. <laughs> she just transforms and leaves them. And I'm just like, oh, she's cool. I is she like a familiar for them? Because I was just like, she has a very like Salem vibe from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And I um, I don't, I I don't think so. I honestly think she's just a freeloader, and I think like that's my favorite thing about her is like, she just kind of like started hanging out with. Actually, you find out they met um as she and rockstar met at lenny kravitz's krav maga con weekend or something like they i I know i just like i you you know you know you're watching too much like 30 rock bullshit when you're just like (laughs) coming when you're coming up with these like long-winded like references that don't exist um (laughs) and that's like and a hundred percent i get that that's my humor that's like I the other the other day someone was like, oh, I just like, I just feel like I'm pronouncing this word wrong. And they said, and I just looked at them and go, is it Pam? <laughs> just someone was just like, please. They were like, what? And I was like, I have to walk away right now. This is not like you've just you've embarrassed yourself in a way that hurts me. Um no, sorry. That's my 30 rock. That's my only 30 rock references episode, guys. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna go into why. Muffin Top is the best song ever made. Nope, not today. <laughs> you, can, you can subscribe to the Patreon. We'll give you a three-hour explanation on that. Um, um, but yeah, meow meow. She, please send me that scene. That sounds like so much fun. And she is, she is the icon. She is the moment. Um, she, she really just like, oh, I love her. But um, but yeah, there's like in other characters too. Even um, Soft Boys like colleague co-worker combination like he felt like I was like oh yeah he's definitely like I feel like in a way even though it starts with Rockstar hooking up with him felt like you know that the like chosen family kind of character too 
where like he I mean saves the day at the end as well um and like I just I love that I love that and then getting it together as well there's idea of like what does these characters what is intimacy where you kind of like where you and you and it was um there were two other writers on it too um, oh no just me and this guy and this guy omar and then but omar. this uh but jenny fine handled jenny d fine handled 90 percent of the art chores and i i handled flashbacks and and then gotcha. like a standalone last chapter yeah um but it's but yeah i well i sorry i'm gonna just cut you off because no, you cut told me off. i could yes. um I, I just am really, well, I love people, like, I, I love people, and I love kind of, like, learning about the best of us, like, the, you know, the, the, the things that make us wonderful, and I like to shine a light on that, and, you know, and that's how you, you know, that's kind of, like, how you understand darkness is by, you know, truly understanding, like, beauty and light, and, so I just try to, you know, I try to shine a light on like what we owe each other. And I'm obviously just processing my own life and answering my own questions, you know, with these books. And I think I'm at a point where some of my friendships are really important and meaningful and they, and they go away so quickly if the wrong thing happens or, you know, and, and, or they don't, you know, or you, or you go through really tough chapters and you figure it out and, um, I guess, yeah, I just like, even, even if I was tasked with writing, like, hey, like, you got to write the next Infinity War, I think I would still just be focusing on how the characters feel about the Infinity mm -hmm. War, rather than them like fighting things. I think I always just come back to like, exploring people, you know, and, and trying to find them. And Alan Moore had said something somewhere uh, in an interview about how he did like a signing back when he still did signings, like in a really sort of backwoodsy uh, part of America and, you know, some kind of like rednecky looking dudes came up to him. Uh, and this was around his like swamp thing and they like really loved it. And they, you know, he was worried that he was going to get flack or something, but at the end of the day, he's just like, I write every character as if I love them. You know what I mean? Like, right. You have, and so that, and that's the way you can kind of get some meaningful stories is like loving even the like shitbag side characters. Um, that's at least what I try to do. I mean, I felt that even like those, even the characters at the party in Rockstar and Softboy um, felt like, yeah, I was just like, oh, each one of them I would invest time into i would i would the the um witch who brought the amulet from beyonce's coachella which like of course of course um uh, that i was like would there be a party demon and would i feel like who's more powerful the party the party is it the party monster or the party demon party monster party animal party animal i, I got party right the party animal or beyonce at coachella who's more powerful and I mean, oh, Beyonce. Yeah, that's Beyonce. It's Beyonce. And like, I would love to see that fight. I mean, if you're going to write it, I'm just, uh, I'm shooting. This is a free idea. Um, I know, but I, even though she's a public figure, I still feel like her ass would like cease and desist me so quick. <laughs> but isn't that worth it? You know, that's a Beyonce, that's a free Beyonce autograph. Um, <laughs> it's more like whoever her lawyers are but yeah I would still just to even have her lawyers autograph and a pdf and, um, that's, and that's how lucky to be that person uh, no that'd be I would if honestly if you were like I'm going to court with this just to see Beyonce like <laughs> um, that's you're, that's like a new level she'd just be like no we're settling no we're settling i'd be like no, no, come on, come on. no we're going to court um you're gonna have your legally blonde moment with beyonce on the other side of it um <laughs> you get to tell beyonce did you did you it's like huh interesting that you were in the showers after you just got a perm um and that's how you win the case uh, <laughs> and then you get to perform on coachella with beyonce um 
that's how I'm manifesting. manifesting. I'm, I'm really manifesting. My therapist would be so proud of me. Um, but no, like the, there was stuff like that, that character, the, um, the, there was no, the zombies, the zombies showing up early was so funny. Um, they, there was just like, there were things that I was like, oh, dear, these are not, these are, I want to live in this world. I want to live in this world. And I kind of do. And you, you paint a great LA picture. Um, even in I, the Iceman stuff, I was like, is this New York? Or is this like kind of an LA, like the underground marauders kind of felt like a, you know, the, the LA like, outcasts that exist in the city and that people oh are... yeah those were de- those were definitely like my like echo park like gutter trash friends no, yeah yeah and they need to be called out and we should name them uh, <laughs> um the list will be on my patreon uh subscribe um no the if it there is an la there is also i i love your la vibes like you have a you're you feel like an uh, LA writer in a way that you know a lot of a lot of LA there's who am I trying to like Eve Babbitts in a way you might be the would you call yourself the Eve Babbitts of the graphic novel LA scene shit yeah I mean I've slept (laughs) with as many people um oh my god please make it a contest between you and Eve I mean well she's dead so now I can yeah (laughs) unless she's like unless her ghost is fucking like getting some me too action and like you know ghost raping um Mm -hmm. I have I can definitely catch up to her fast um yeah well I also did a book called Ghosted in LA which I really 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 love it's from Mm -hmm. Boom Studios and that's also available at all bookstores and um I really love that book and I yeah I love I love LA and it's actually funny I saw Anna Dorn speak at Skylight last week promoting Mm -hmm. her new and exquisite book Exalted and um she had mentioned something that like I didn't really think about and she was just sort of like there there aren't a lot of like great books set in LA and I and at first I was like no and then I thought about it and I was like yeah I guess movies and tv shows take place in LA but books don't really get that and I and I and I haven't been that hasn't been like an active part of my journey but now that you say it I guess it's there you know like I and I think it's I remember when I did Ghosted in LA like uh the editor-in-chief there or something was just like I am so excited to see Los Angeles like through your POV um and and it was really great and and I learned something really beautiful like I was like well what makes LA different than other cities besides the obvious like joke of like traffic and the great weather and I was like oh well because like the film industry is right here you know the arts community really thrives and the whole book is about this young girl who's living in a apartment complex full of ghosts like coming into her own and figuring out who she is outside of like the jurisdiction of her parents or the pressures of like her ex-boyfriend and um she learns that she like kind of loves animation um and she wants to be in animation and so the whole book is like peppered with her seeing like femmes thriving in different art communities like I had um Jamie and Caitlin from the Bechdel cast in the book and they even wrote their dialogue like um and then I have her go to a concert to see Rosie Tucker play and then um there's someone else that she sees she sees Vico Ortiz do uh drag um and it was great because these are all real people and we just you know they were all super cool they signed the release and um and so I got to put real tangible examples of of these folks like really making art on their terms um and so and then that allowed this character to be like oh yeah and that's an LA thing right like Mm -hmm. I was I just went to Santa Barbara for a day there's like no art scene there like it is tiny and it is not um I don't want to be mean it is not (laughs) it it's just not it's not expanding the dialogue I would say mm-hmm. like I would think you know I they're doing good work up there and they all actually there's like a lot of love for like the tradition of screen printing up there but um I would say that like 
it's different here. You know what I mean? Because it's it's competitive. It's communicate. There's a lot of community, and because of the animation of it all, like it's quick. Like people are doing really interesting, quick art here um, that you don't get everywhere else. And that's so true. And that's so beautiful. I mean, what a beautiful LA picture to paint. Um, I know some poor idiot is going to be listening to this in like Missoula, Montana and be like, oh my God, that sounds great. And then they're going to come here and be like, oh, this sucks. No one will ever meet up with me. They don't respond to my text. They just say we should get coffee and they never get coffee. Never get coffee. (laughs) Yeah, like, oh my god, I was like, I just saw like Natalie Portman on the street and she hit me with her car. Oh my god, it's not what I thought it would be. Molly Cyrus lied to me. She said it would be a party. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. My sister lives out here too. When she first got here, she was like, uh, "What is it? What does it say in the song? I turn to the right and I see the Hollywood sign." She's like, "I was on my left. It was a lie. <laughs> it was a lie." And Molly Cyrus lied to me in that song, and I don't trust music anymore. Um, or LA. And, you know, I think that speaks volumes to LA. And I think Molly Cyrus needs to atone for her crimes. Um, you heard it here first. I'm just saying. All right. Uh, Sina, I'm sad to say we have to end, but wow, what is it's been such a fun, this has been such a fun time. The time has just flew by. Um, um, I'm so I'm I had a great time today and yeah, thank you so much for giving me the chance to uh, talk about books and art with the Skylight community. This is, again, dream come true. Oh, my God. I Same back to you. Um, it's, it's so great to talk to you about your work. Um, I just like, I, it's, it's insane to me that you're like, so just like oh, humble about doing this where I'm like don't you write for Image and Marvel and DC like these are you're talking to you is something that like a 13 year old me who was like reading who was like reading um one of the flashpoints I don't know or crisis on earth there or something like that and being like being like, oh my God, this is how people, I don't, how do people do this? I don't get it. Like how, <laughs> like it does, I, the most like magic uh, in talented people in the world do this. So talk to you, I'm like, I'm talking to one of those talented and magical people right now. It's crazy. <laughs> they exist in my, they exist in the world I existed. That doesn't make sense. Um, so thank you for proving that I exist. And this is the proof of my existence, guys. Um, please don't listen to this if you're my therapist. Um, <laughs> no, this has been a pleasure. Um, Please, if you're listening, come to Skylight Books because we have signed copies ooh, of Rockstore and Rockstore. 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 Um, that's how the, the that's actually the pronunciation of it now. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> Stephen, to make that decision for you. Uh, Rockstar and Softboy, go to get a, grab a signed copy at Skylight or wherever you go get your um, graphic novel or book fixes. Please grab yourself a copy. It's so much fun, and there's so much there's so much more in this world that I'm excited to see. Um, and also go grab Iceman Volume Three, getting it together. All of Cena's work, uh, you can grab it at Skylight Books too. We. You can get it all. Whatever you don't have, you'll order for them. And that's at it. The convenient, at the convenient price of full price. At the convenient price of full price. You got, you got, you heard it here first. We're actually running a sale where if you buy a book, you pay full price for it. Um, starting now. Oh. Um, what a deal. What a steal. Uh, so do you have anything, any last <laughs> words you'd like to say to our listeners and, you know, the Skylight community that you are also a part of? Uh, to my to my skylight family thank you for having me also um signed first edition club really loved it really loved being a part of it also everyone who works at skylight is a really cool human being and um i'm just like glad they're my friends now <laughs> we're fr- you've heard it first we're friends and that's on record so legally you can't take that back uh <laughs> <laughs> or also Stephen Court and rep- represented by Beyonce. As you didn't know this, but she's a lawyer now. Um... 
I'm coming with I'm coming with my attorney Kim Kardashian. <laughs> oh my god, the showdown of the century. Oh my god. I just I hope it ends with um Jay-Z and Kanye doing a reunion concert. Um but oh like Oh my god, yes. The, I mean, the courtroom opens up and we're actually in the stadium. <laughs> oh my god. I think that's I think we're painting a beautiful picture. Is this I'm not saying this should be a this should be your next project, but I'll sign off on it. Um, I, I, you're like, I'm it. not saying we're unhinged, but we're unhinged. And if Kim Kardashian and Beyonce want to come sue us, you know where to find us. I'm representing myself. Um, God, I'm going to jail. <laughs> I'm going to jail. Um, thank you again, listeners, for coming in. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much. Listen to our past episodes. We've had some great guests. And if you've listened before, Thank you for coming back. <laughs> hopefully this, hopefully you'll come back again after listening to this episode. I'm so sorry, guys. Um, no, this has been a great episode. And uh, you all have a great and beautiful rest of your day. I love you all. And see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Skylight Books podcast series. Please don't forget to visit our website at skylightbooks.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more author talks and bookseller conversations. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Stay safe and healthy, and we hope to see you back in our store soon.